Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillia Newville, and today I am thrilled to have my good friend, Isaac Adams. Isaac is the pastor of Iron City Church in Birmingham, Alabama. He is also the author of Talking About Race, Gospel Hope for Hard Convos. But today, we are talking about Jonah. (laughs) Jonah is one of those books in the Bible that is talked about a lot, especially in kids' ministries. You see like the big fish and the (laughs) different illustrations, but I have a feeling there's more to it than a big fish. So what is the book of Jonah really about and how might we apply it to our lives, Isaac? Yes, thank you. That's a great question. I love that you talked about the fish uh, because the first thing I, I think I told my congregation about Jonah was it's not about the fish. Uh, the fish is incredible, but the fish ultimately points us to an incredible God. And Jonah is really about God. So when I preached at my church, uh, the sermon series was called Who's in Charge? Because what we see is a God who is sovereign over the winds and the worms. So we have the waves uh, we see Jonah throw into, and this is the God who Jonah is about. Uh, And it's really about the God who himself, uh, Jesus, who would be in the the belly of the earth for three days. This is how Jesus read Jonah, right? Jesus said, Jonah is about me. It's about me being in the grave, ultimately. Uh, And why did Jesus go to the grave but to die uh, for his enemies? And that's what we see in Jonah, is that God loves his enemies even when his people don't love their enemies. And uh, Jonah is an incredible count about a God who, as Jonah 4 says, is slow to anger, is abounding in steadfast love, who's patient even with his own people, when we're grumpy, when we're stubborn. So that's that's Jonah in a nutshell. It's so much about God, His sovereignty uh, over our lives and using us despite us. Well, I want, there's one thing that you said that I want you to not only repeat, but to dive in a little deeper. You said God loves His enemies even when His enemies don't love their enemies or His enemies. Say that again and then dive into that. Yeah, so... Um, I think it was, I said God loves his enemies even when his people don't love their enemies. So Jonah had a, I mean, there's a whole historical context of why Jonah uh, did not want to go to Nineveh. And it's not because he was necessarily just afraid of them. He did not want them to know the grace of God. That's what he says at the end of the book. He's like, I knew you would forgive them. I knew you would pour out grace. And this is why I ran away. Because I know you're a God who's slow to anger. And Jonah, the very grace Jonah has received, somehow he is struggling to impart that to the Ninevites. I mean, in this sense, Jonah, Jonah's like the Old Testament older brother and in, in in uh, the story of the prodigal son, right? He returns and you have that older brother who's like, who's, who's, who's grumpy about grace, who, who doesn't like it, uh, who feels like he's been done wrong by. And that's exactly what we see in Jonah. And frankly, what we see, at least I'll speak for myself in my own life time and time again. Absolutely. That is, that's when you said that line, I thought, wow, God is so gracious because I can see that now, not only in my own heart, but we see it in our culture. God loving people and those people hating his people or hating people in general. And and it is a it's a strange thing. And in and trying to reconcile that with first John, where it's it's basically if you don't love, you don't know God. So help me reconcile it, because I I do find that something that's even when I read the book of Jonah, you see this and you think, well, goodness, he 
this is kind of actually terrible. But, and, and we see that throughout all of the scriptures, but we have this merciful God. Help us think through, how do we reconcile those things where we, and, and of course I could see it in my own heart and that probably helps me reconcile it. So, okay, that's number one. But how else? Yeah, I mean, well, first, I think we we reconcile a couple facts. One is that this kind of loving enemy is at the heart of the gospel, right? This is what Romans says, while we were still yet enemies, Christ died for us. But I think it's easy as Christians, especially if we've been walking with the Lord for uh, any given amount of time, really, to forget that. Uh, I mean, so much of the scripture is reminding us, and I think it's our pride that would make us think, I'm not God's enemy. I was never God's enemy. He, he's actually glad to have me on his team. And really, with jo- I mean, with Jonah, we have so much, we see this kind of nationalism, at least that, which downright, or just downright prejudice. You know, Jonah might have known about some prophecies that said the Assyrians were going to come in judgment against the Israelites, uh, or the Assyrians were just known historically to be just seriously violent. So anyway, all these things, um, it's really hard. I mean, it's, uh, there's something in the sinful human heart that likes grace, that likes justice when it's for us. But when it's justice, we like justice, actually I'll say, we like justice when it's against other people. But when it's against us, we want grace, right? We want mercy. But when it's for other people, it's like, no, give them justice. Give them what they deserve. And the gospel is big enough to fit a whole nation like Nineveh inside of it uh, and to not treat them as their sins deserve. And that is what God has done for us. And the disconnect, you're right. It does. It, in some sense, it doesn't make sense because sin is not rational. It, do, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, hey, so God was merciful with you, right? I mean, this is the parable of the unforgiving servant. He's like, this dude got forgiven like a million dollars. Someone owed him $10 and he went and choked him out. Like reconcile, that doesn't make sense. And it's like, exactly. And that's the same foolishness we abide by whenever we have prejudices against a whole group of people. Uh, Yeah. And it's just, it's just foolishness that displeases the Lord. So the Lord is teaching us not only just about those he can save, but those who have been saved and how we are to act. That is so good, so encouraging, and convicting. So we can all go confess our sin. <laughs> and he says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Praise God. First John, that's also in there. First John 1, 9. So here's a question for you. Yes, that is a little, it's, it's, it's not silly. It's, it's a good question, I think. So the fish, was it a fish? Is it a metaphor? I've, I know there's lots of different, um, what's the words? interpretations and theories what where have you landed isaac where what did you tell your congregation oh i told him i told him it's a fish i told him it's uh we don't i told him i we don't know that it was a whale we don't know what kind of fish it was but what i said to them is we don't know what kind of fish it was because the fish is not the point right but what i said uh and it was interesting i mean this is i mean every preacher probably used this goodness but like there was this story from the like i forget the like some new england paper like the road rhode island times or something this dude got swallowed by a fish and lived to tell about it and his quote was amazing he was, was like it was utterly dark i was as good as dead and it was just like oh preaching example like the easiest one to ever grab so uh so yes i do think it was a fish i do think it was literal i mean uh, you know it's just 
some some what I told my people is like, look, if you believe in creation, this is just not that hard to swallow. No pun intended. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it was uh, God's severe judgment, and ultimately. But it's not just the fish, the fish, the fish. The fish is a sign of Christ's burial, of the sign of Jonah. Again, this is like this is one of these texts where Jesus makes the interpretation real easy. He's like, "This is about me. The sign of Jonah is what will be given to y'all, and even Nineveh will rise up and judge y'all because y'all don't believe in me." And it's just like, "Oh my goodness!" Well, I love that you're like Trelia, get off. The story about the fish. It is not the fish. But here's the thing. Bible readers, that we've been taught for so long that it's about the fish. And and it is so, it's good for us to know and be reminded time and time again, it's about God. It's about Jesus. It's about the Lord. And we want to also encourage someone. If you have read this story and you have never gone past um, just the, the maybe what you learned in, in Sunday school. There are so many riches in the Bible. It's so rich. And so, yes. And so we invite you to read the Bible and to ask the Lord to illuminate the word to your heart. Now, listen, Isaac, I end every episode with prayer. And I usually am the one praying. However, since I know, because I've hosted with you, that you have a podcast on prayer, I'm going to ask you to do a really short prayer for us. Um, pray for our hearts and what you hope we will um, glean from this book of Jonah. Yeah, let's pray to the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for the book of Jonah, um, because we are often so much like him, Lord, happy to receive your grace and not happy to see others receive it. Lord, we pray for conviction. Uh, we pray that you would make us not grumpy messengers of your gospel, but thankful ones, Lord, who rejoice uh, when the prodigals uh, repent and come to you, just as we needed to repent and come to you. And Father, we thank you that when we fail to do this, we have someone who was in the belly of the earth for three days, uh, and he died on our behalf. And as Chilly said earlier, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being on, Isaac. Isaac.